advantage of the merger is Andrew can concentrate fully on building safety. And I, I picked up net zero and we're, get, we're, we're looking at, horrified is not quite the word for it, but we can see the scale of the problem and the scale of the issues. Part of that is, again, just legislation. Leasehold doesn't lend itself to the net zero agenda. You know, yeah. if, if, if you go to a block of flats and say, you can have a gas boiler, or you can have this lovely green thing called a heat pump, but it costs three times as much to buy and twice as much to run. Quite understandably, if I was living in that block of flats, I'd be going, well, I'm only going to be here five years. So why would I pay three times as much for something which I'm only going to benefit from five years? Sure. So we have to figure out you know, incentives and ways around that. Um, we're looking at different aspects. So you've got, if you look at a block of flats, you've got the heat generation, because heat networks, confusingly, uh, you know, I always think of those as things like the, the combined heat and power at Spitalfields, but the government defines heat networks as blocks of flats as well. So we, we, we sit in with bays and, and D-lock on those. Okay. You, can, you can look at the central plant. Um, what are you going to do? How can you do it? Over what time scale and what will it cost? You know, do you stay with gas? Do you move to hydrogen? Do you go heat pumps? If so, where do you put them, et cetera, et cetera. You can then try to look inside the flat, but that's where you get in, obviously, difficulty with leasehold because yeah. an Englishman's home is this castle and managing agents don't go through the front door. Yeah. But that's going to get tricky because people are going to say, I want to rent or sell my flat. So in future coming up, I'll need an EPC of um, C or above but I, I can't change all the double glazing on my own, can I? So yeah. it's, it's going to get a bit tricky from that point of view. We've got EVs, um, you know, installing those. Again, leasehold is very difficult there because quite rightly, it stops a, a landlord doing what's known as improvements. But of course, putting in an EV point is an improvement. So you can't fund it. And I, I, there's a whole bunch of stats on, on that as well. And then there's alternative energies that we're, we're looking at. So there's tons and tons to go through. And, and again, we're, we're in data gathering mode at the moment. How many heat networks are out there? What's their capacity? What can we do? The other thing we're, we're very heavily involved with the government at the moment is what, what, if anything, can we do about current energy prices? Um, and so there's lots of ideas floating around there about most of which will help should it happen again um because at the moment there's, there's not much you can do about world energy prices itself yeah okay <clears throat> and we were we were having a discussion about um about this before we started recording um what i mean what what do you think we can kind of do to um to help if this happens again Oh, well, for example, uh, at the moment, you've got the Section 20 legislation, for example, which mm -hmm. means if you want to do a long-term qualifying agreement, anything above 12 months, you have to go through a consultation process, 60 to 90 days. Yeah. Energy markets just don't work that way. You know, yeah. you're lucky if they'll hold the price for 48 hours. Yeah. So that means you can't put in long terms. Um, so when you have a broker who says, I think this is as good as it's going to get, let's lock it in for three years, you can't do it. So yeah. a suggestion to, uh, to the department is, look, let's, let's carve utilities out of Section 20. So yeah. Section 20 is there as a safeguard, but actually we think, and you have to carefully word it to make sure nobody abuses it, but we think it's, it's working against the long-term interest of the leaseholders. So we could have had a lot of people at the moment sort of saying, oh, it's terrible what's happening in the, in the world out there, but thank goodness we've still got two years left of our three-year contract. Yeah. You can't you can't do that at the moment. So that's one thing. There's 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 pricing mechanisms. So there's spot pricing versus flexi. Again, Section Twenty doesn't really let you do flexi because you you, you can't go to a leaseholder and say this is the price I'm going to get. You're going to go and say I'm going to get a flexible price which will change, 
And it's very hard to say to a leaseholder, do you have a comparator that you want to throw into the mix there? Because it doesn't doesn't work that way. So there's just, just ways I think we can try and improve and try and tweak. But you have to be careful that you don't make it, you know, open up a loophole, for example, in legislation if anybody wants to do anything bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a tricky one, but there's tons of stuff going on. And we've been talking for months and months and months with, with Bayes and Deluck, as I say. Yeah, we did. We had a podcast. We did a podcast recently, which hasn't actually launched yet, um, with um, Darren McDonald from Newton Property Management and Alan Draper from EV Solutions. Mm-hmm. And and Alan and they were talking about. <clears throat> it was actually a really interesting conversation, which I hopefully will listen to when when it comes out. And it was a we were talking about the difference in legislation between Scotland and England of of um, being able to install. Um, um, electric charging points. And um, so we talked about how bad the infrastructure in the UK was for anyway. And I think we touched on that earlier before we started recording and, and um, you know, and, and all of these sort of things. But the one thing that my lasting memory of that podcast was something that Alan said, and that was that, that somebody lived in a block of flats. It was a, it was leasehold in, in England somewhere. Um, they had a main door entry with a drive. So it must have been some sort of um, a, a different kind of from just a block of flats with one entrance. And he had installed an, an electric charging point out the front of his house. And and when he went to sell it, he had to remove it because <laughs> the lease did not allow him to um, to actually have it in the first place. So the, there seems that there's, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a, a raft of things going against um electric charging points in the UK anyway, or certainly leasehold. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I talked to, I won't name the firm, but I was talking to one firm that installs these and they're saying probably about 90% of the orders they've got, they can't fulfill because the lease won't allow it. Yeah. And I did say, well, what about the 10%? How are you doing that? And they say, well, either the lease is very unusual and says that the landlord can do improvements yeah. Um, or it's been where an RMC has said, we don't care what the lease has said, we will take the risk and we'll just do it. Yeah. Um, but but the rest they can't do it because it's it's technically an improvement. And it you know, it does get really complicated if if not everybody has a car space and not everybody has an electric car, who pays then for the yeah. you know the pipe to be improved and the pipe, the electric wire coming in? Mm-hmm. Is it fair that the five people who are electric cars pay for that and then the sixth one is, is piggyback them, or do you charge everybody? But then the people who will never have an electric car are saying, Well, why am I paying for something I'll never use? So yeah, it's it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Okay, so I've been um, a very tenuous link onto on tech, but um, in a recent white paper, the organisation looked to the impact of tech on the on the industry. The overriding outcome is that the industry needs to do more to embrace technology. Is there a roadmap, and can you tell us more about the plans for that going forward? Well, TPI itself is not a tech provider. You know, we're yeah. we're a professional body. But what we do try and do is identify tech tech firms that could have a solution that our members can use. So yeah. again, from my own experience, I'm I'm looking at simple control mechanisms for smaller heat networks. So rather than just a a dumb set of boilers that maybe has a thermostat, what can we do a little more intelligently about return temperatures, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we look at those and the program part. Uh, the partners program that we have in place helps those uh, such firms get in touch with managing agents we'll we'll identify those firms talk to them how does this apply and how will it work under a you know for example leasehold um so that we do that sort of uh, tech research if you like we also interact with government on the on sort of the bigger say, weightier tech topics such as building safety management golden thread residence engagement because the idea there is to find a practical way forward that gives government the outcomes that it's looking for, but doesn't saddle leaseholders with massive costs. 